Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Today, I'm not only speaking with someone who is a military spouse like you and I, but someone who just seems to get me. It is like she's in my head. Becca Brown is a lifestyle coach who is passionate about helping us spouses handle life better, including deployments and separation, finding purpose, drive and passion in our lives, facing our partner's absences with confidence and finding a good balance of filling our own cups so we can feel the cups around us. I, for one, am always open to any help in all of those areas. Welcome, Becca, to the Military Wife Life podcast. Thank you. So happy to be here, Beck. So I guess if we could first talk about you and your experience as a military spouse, how long have you been living spouse life and where have you been stationed? Give us a, a little rundown. I've been married to my husband for 13 years and he was in the Air Force when we got married. So 13 years, we have lived in North Carolina. Virginia, right near Washington, D.C. Then we actually had an, oh, in Texas. Then we actually had an overseas assignment and we lived in Beijing, China, where my husband worked at the embassy. So that was kind of out of the norm. That was really a fun experience for us. Then after that, we were three years there, then back to D.C. and then now to Hawaii. Wow. That's a a fair few locations in 13 years. Yeah. (laughs) I'm exhausted listening to that. It just seems normal to me, but I guess it's not, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's normal to a military family, but yeah. So at what point along the way did you start to feel that you would like to help other spouses and how did that lead you to life coaching, I guess? Well, that's kind of interesting because I didn't really know anything about life coaching, but I started to have this little inkling that maybe I wanted to do something else. I'm a stay-at-home mom by trade. I've always felt very blessed that I'm able to do that, but I just started to see that there there was some room in the corners of my life to do something else, and so I was already kind of on the search for that, just kind of open to what was going to maybe work out, and then I had a friend tell me she hired a life coach, and I was like, well, she said I I had a dream and I want to tell you all about it because it's hilarious, but first you need to know that I hired a life coach, and I was like, wait, what? Tell me about your dream. I don't really care about that, but tell me about a life coach I want in. That sounds amazing. And it just happened to be at the right time where we had just moved to Hawaii and our time in DC before Hawaii was really quite difficult. And so I was naturally drawn to this idea of hiring my own life coach, did it, it changed everything for me. And then it was just very natural for me to think like, oh, I can do this for other military wives. It's so needed. So can you talk us through, I guess, your why and how you get the challenges of a military spouse? Obviously, you're a military spouse. Talk us through how that helps you with your life coaching. The fact that I am a military wife, I also have to say I grew up right near a military base. My dad was in the Army. My grandfather was in the Air Force. I have four sisters and three of us are all married to military men. Wow. You have your own support group, right? Yeah. (laughs) We're all like, and that's the thing is everything that we go through, it feels so normal, which is good and bad, right? It's like, yeah, of course you're moving again. But like, wait, this is actually hard. Just because it's normal doesn't mean it's not without challenge. But just kind of seeing that growing up surrounded by military wives, my own family and others, I just noticed how it's just hard. 
it's just a lot. And so seeing that, and then everything changed for me when I hired a life coach. So seeing that everything felt easier. I felt so much more confident. Life was just better, even though nothing outside of me had changed. Like my husband didn't retire from the military. My kids didn't suddenly become really well-behaved children. Everything was the same, but because of the tools I learned, it made everything easier. And I just couldn't help, but just want to share that with others. I often talk with my community about the fact that acknowledging what we do back at home is not about taking away from what our partners do, deploying and being away from your family and being in potentially dangerous situations, protecting the country should be celebrated. It's it's a big deal. But while our military members give a lot, acknowledging that we do also is important. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. That was kind of something I struggled with in the beginning, that when I first married my husband in our first duty station, and he loved his job, and I was happy for him to love his job, but I was just starting out as a stay-at-home mom. But I just remember thinking, you get acknowledgement at work and you get promotion and you get accolades and people appreciate what you do. And these two tiny humans that belong to us, they don't really appreciate me at all. I get a hug or a sloppy kiss, but I just remember thinking like, this is so much harder than I thought it would be. And I kind of struggled through and everything was fine, but knowing what I know now, if I could go back or if I could talk to someone who's in that position, the smartest thing I think you can do is acknowledge yourself and appreciate yourself. Because the thing is, your husband may come home from work and he may say, thank you, you're doing amazing work. And the work you're doing with our children is far more important than what I'm doing. And he may not, because the fact is, is he, he doesn't really understand what it's like, right? And so what I do now is I just appreciate myself. I don't need my husband to come home and acknowledge what I've done because I've already done that for myself. I've already said like, you're killing it today. Look, you got the dishwasher unloaded or look, there's groceries in the house. Like that's amazing. And so doing that makes it so much easier for everyone around me because I'm not muddling through waiting for someone to notice what I've done. I'm just giving it to myself. Yeah, and it will never mean as much coming from someone else as what it will from yourself. Oh, absolutely. And then the other thing it does is it just allows you to love your husband as soon as he walks in the door just for being him not waiting for him to acknowledge you and appreciate you and then setting yourself up for disappointment you love yourself and then it allows you to love him just as he is and essentially not waiting for him to be a mind reader and arrive home with flowers when you think that's what he should be doing i guess acknowledging yourself takes away that pressure to try and control his behavior to make you feel better. Which happens. And when we talk about it out loud, it sounds crazy, but that's actually what our brains do. That's what our brains offer to us is like the only option there. If we want to feel good, then our husband needs to do a certain thing. Maybe it's bring flowers. Maybe it's come home and walk directly in and give you a hug, right? Don't stop anywhere. Come straight to me and tell me I'm amazing. But when we do that, we think we'll get to feel a certain way. So what would be the first step? you would think to tell someone to be able to, I guess, step into that mindset? I would probably say that the first step is to really get clear on what it is you're looking for. And right now you're looking for it from other people, right? So maybe it's your husband or maybe it's, you know, your mother or your in-laws or whoever, right? But to take a step back and like really get clear on what you actually want from them or what you want to hear from them. And then getting clear on how would that make you feel? The thing is, is everything we do or don't do in life is because of how we think it will make us feel. So if we think that our husband is going to come home with flowers in hand, so if that's your expectation, right? Like I want my husband to come home with flowers, right? So then you would say, okay, if he did that, how would I get to feel? 
or maybe a better, more clear question would be why, why do I want him to do that? Because then I would get to feel loved or I would get to feel appreciated. So then, then you have that as that's what you want. And then you, you can just work backwards from that. Like, okay, if I were going to appreciate myself, what would that look like? What would I be doing? I guess as well, really delving into the why and why you want to feel that way is really key because you might uncover that it's actually not flowers that you need, right. it's something else that you need or. Exactly. And maybe the flowers are just a stand-in or flowers are what you find is like a socially acceptable or reasonable thing to expect. Coming from there, then maybe you realize that you want to feel loved or you want to feel appreciated or secure. So then you can work backwards and figure out what you can do to do that for yourself. But also it may open up you having a conversation with your husband and maybe you getting that clarity first allows you to have a much cleaner conversation with him. Again, not where we are expecting him to do anything to make us feel a certain way, but it's, you can still make the request. Like I would love it if you did this, or I would love it if you did that. Still retaining control over your emotions in that, but it's totally fine to make requests and say to him, this is what I want, or this really works for me, or this, this would be a great idea. So can you talk to us about the concept of being an emotional adult versus in emotional childhood? Can you explain to us what that means? Yeah, sure. I love talking about this. Emotional childhood is when we don't take responsibility for how we feel. Okay. So it just means that it's really where you're not able to manage your own emotions. You think that everything you feel is based on what other people do and say in your life. It's just really the blame, right? When we're functioning as emotional children, we're blaming all the other people for how we feel or how we act and for the results that we get in our life. Now, emotional adulthood on the other side of things is where it's true emotional maturity. You really gain it just through responsibility, just through taking responsibility for yourself, for your emotions. So you're taking responsibility for everything you feel, the, like the pain, the negative emotions, and also the good emotions. That's you're taking responsibility for it. And then what goes along with it though, and this is almost just as important, is not expecting other people to make us happy or to make us love, feel loved or feel secure. Not expecting other people to do that for us but really appreciating and acknowledging that we're the only ones who can hurt our feelings and that we do so with our own thoughts. And likewise, we're the only ones who can really create a positive emotion as well and that we do so with our thoughts. And so how do we take the first steps to take responsibility for, I guess, our feelings and our thinking and how that affects, obviously, the rest of our life. I mean, it's definitely no small feat to do this. It's easy for me to talk about it. The payoff is so great, though, when you're able to really fully move into emotional adulthood. And the way you do that is kind of the, the basics of this is realizing, and this is what I teach my clients when we first start working together, this is like step one, is I teach them that our feelings are created by our thoughts. So it's really easy to think that if we could just go back into, so our husband comes home late. He said he would be home at 5.30 and he came home at 6.45. And if you're an emotional childhood, you may think that him coming home late is what makes you feel disappointed or mad, or whatever your feeling is. But what I teach my clients and what I firmly, firmly believe is that anything someone else says or does between that and the feeling that you, that comes up, there's a thought in there. And so in this example, it may be like the thought might be, I can't count on him, or the thought might be, he's late again. 
to me, I have in the past been, I think, in emotional childhood. And in the past, I would have thought he doesn't value me. He doesn't mm-hmm. care about coming home and helping me with the kids or right. it's always about him and his career. So it totally shifts into a bigger thought process and a bigger problem. But on the surface, you're just thinking, how dare he be late again? He told me he'd be yeah. home and he's disappointed me again. But then, like you said, if you really think about why you're disappointed and why you're upset and angry about him being 45 minutes late, there's a bigger problem behind the thinking. And what you need to do is go into what the bigger problem is and sort that out in order to be able to, I guess, step out of emotional childhood. Yeah, exactly. And- and I, and I want to be careful to point out a couple of things because a lot of people hear this initially and they're like, what? What? So he can just be late. He can just do whatever he wants and it's all my fault. I'm mad because of my thoughts. Like I said, it's easy to kind of twist this work into that understanding. But the reason why I teach this and why I think it's so powerful is because when we do things like you just described, our husband's late and then we think he doesn't value me or I can't count on him. The problem is, is then you're stuck feeling that negative emotion, whatever it is, maybe disappointment, maybe anger. You're stuck feeling feeling that because of what he did, right? So what I teach is that there's a thought in there and that's where the control comes from. And I'm not suggesting like maybe if your husband is 45 minutes late, maybe you want to be disappointed. Maybe you want to be angry. Maybe you want to be annoyed. But the power comes in you realizing that you're creating that emotion yourself. And that's totally optional because there may come a day when you don't want to feel that emotion. And if we know that it's because of our own thoughts, then that's where the wiggle room is. Then we can create whatever feeling we want and your husband can still be an adult and do whatever it is he wants to do, which is what adults do, right? That's where the power is. So I guess the first, because sometimes we don't realize that we are in emotional childhood. We just know that something needs to change because we don't want to go forward always being angry or upset or not in control of how we feel and then not essentially living the life that we want to live. So probably the first step is what I do for myself And what I suggest my clients do as well, and everyone can do this, is if you have a situation like this that's troubling you in some way, like let's say you're um, experiencing a negative emotion that you're tired of, like you're tired of being disappointed at your husband, you're tired of your feelings being hurt, or you're tired of just being angry all the time. What I would suggest to you is just get out a blank sheet of paper and just write it all down. Set the timer for maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, depending on how angry you are, (laughs) but set that timer and just write, just write whatever's in your brain. You just want to write it down on a sheet of paper. And then once you're done, and once you've basically emptied your brain out, because what we want to do is we want to empty the brain out. We want to get everything that you're thinking out on paper. So then we can evaluate if that's what you want to keep thinking. But you have to get it all out. And I tell my clients to do this in a private space, because what you want to do is you want to write down all those nasty thoughts that you have that you would never want anyone to hear. So maybe you think your husband is selfish, or maybe you genuinely think you can't count on him, whatever it is. I've done this journaling exercise when I've had trouble with my kids and I have some thoughts in my head that I'm not really proud of with my children. So making sure that I'm doing this in private so that I can really get those nasty thoughts out because what we want to do is let them live in our brain because we're too ashamed to write them down. But I want to invite you to just write it all down, even the nasty stuff, because that's how you get it out. If you just let it stay in your brain, it just kind of goes back into hiding and it continues to affect you. And then once you're done, you want to go back and I want you to just underline all the facts. And just to be clear, facts are things that every single human on the planet would agree to, or something that can be proven, say, in a court of law, right? So you might think it's a fact that your husband is late all the time. That might be something you write down. He's late all the time, but that wouldn't even be a fact that you would underline because that's a thought. 
like that's a thought because it's it's actually not true unless it is true unless he's literally been late every every day right and and then you have a premise to to be upset (laughs) then you're like you've got everyone on your side here Have you heard about our Lots of Love Care Packages? An anonymous and free box of self-care goodies that can totally make a military spouse's day. It's a way for friends and family to send an acknowledgement in the mail to a military spouse to let them know they're awesome and the Military Wife Life community has their back. Pop over to the Military Wife Life website after you finish listening to this episode, of course, and sign someone up for the Lots of Love box. And I just say that our brains are very dramatic, right? And so I don't know if you've noticed this in your conversations with people or especially arguments with other people, all of a sudden your brain is like, no, you always do this and you never do that. But really that's almost never true. So you want to get in there and you want to underline all the actual facts. The fact would be like, we serve dinner at 5.30 or we have three children, something that's actual factual. And then you want to go back to your list once you've underlined or circled all the facts and know that everything else that you've written down is a thought. And it's just nice to know that because we don't have to think anything. All of the thoughts that we choose to think, even though we may not feel like we're choosing them, we're absolutely choosing them. And if we see that they're not creating the emotion that we want to have, we don't have to think them. Like I would say, if somebody said to me, I just don't feel like my husband supports me or he doesn't value me, to go back to your example. So then I would probably say to you, okay, Beck, when you think that he doesn't value me, then how do you feel? I would say that most of the work is done within your own brain, right? When I first hired a life coach, I didn't even really tell my husband. And I just went about making the little changes I wanted to. And eventually he started to notice. What I think is really important is before you have a conversation with your husband, and you may get to the point where you don't feel like you need to. I think the most important thing you can do for yourself in terms of like being in emotional adulthood and staying there is you just want to get really clear for yourself how you want to act, right? So do you want, you know, him walk in the door and you start laying into him about all of these thoughts you've just written down, right? Like I, you just don't value me and I can't count on you and I'm all, I'm doing this all on my own and I have to handle everything and you're doing the work thing, right? So really questioning yourself is that like, who do you want to be? How do you want to act? Right. And so for me, I just decided I just wanted to be in control of myself when it comes to conversations with my husband. Because for us, my husband has always been the very logical one, the very controlled, very, very um, intentional about everything. Meanwhile, I'm over there like completely insane and crazy, right? Just (laughs) feeling all the emotions and just letting it all like pour out of me, right? And there's nothing wrong with that if that's the way you want to be. But for me, I decided I didn't want to be that way. And I wanted to be able to come to him if I had an issue or I had a concern, not an emotional mess, but completely in control. And so me doing the work on my side of things, really getting clear in my head, like, is that really true? Or can I just kind of work this out in my own brain, right? On the flip side, obviously working on our thoughts and the foundations of our feelings and really getting into why we think and what we do and and how it makes us feel. Maybe certain things like that don't even have anything to do with our husband. Maybe we are feeling like, oh, I really want to make time for myself to exercise, but my husband is deployed and I have no time to myself. And it's not fair because I'm always the one that has to do everything and I never get time for myself. What can we sort of do to pull ourselves back and really, I guess, figure out 
that they are just thoughts. And really, if we get down to it and really work out those thoughts are stopping us from actually following through with time to ourselves, or what can we sort of do to change our thinking in that sort of instance when it's not about someone else, it's about, well, seemingly our circumstances? I think probably one of the best things that I've ever learned, and I practice it now, is when I get into that spiral like I call it a little pity party I throw for myself. First of all is to just really just allow it. We don't want to try to talk ourselves out of it too quickly because that's really more a form of resistance. And I talk a lot with clients about feelings and how we really want to learn the how to allow and process emotions. What we do a lot of times is just resist them. There's maybe I'm having this pity party, right? So my emotion would be, maybe it is pity. I'm feeling really sorry for myself or I'm feeling defeated or discouraged. So we don't want to say to ourselves, okay, that's just your thought. Hike up your pants. Let's just get on with something better, right? What we want to do is we want to allow it. So maybe that was happening to me today. I just feel like, you know what? I'm feeling pity. So I would name it and I would really allow it. And then at the risk of sounding a little bit woo-woo, this stuff really works though. What you want to do is you want to describe the emotion. And I kind of go through kind of a checklist in my head. And I just, I don't really say it out loud. I just kind of go through it in my head. Like, okay, where is it? It's right in my chest. It's centered in my chest. Okay. Like, what does it feel like? And as you go through those steps, what's happening is that's you processing and allowing that emotion. And what happens when you do that is that then it kind of goes away on its own because you've allowed it to be there. When we try to resist it, let's say we're going to jump to like, okay, these are just my thoughts and I don't have to think this and I don't want to feel pity. I don't want to feel sorry for myself. I don't want to feel discouraged. That's where you're resisting. And I like kind of like to think about that. Like if you can imagine holding a beach ball underwater and you're holding underwater as hard as you can, and then eventually it's going to pop back up. And when it does pop back up, it comes up with so much more strength and power than before. So when we resist our emotions, maybe when we're feeling emotion we don't want to feel, the best thing we can do is just process them and allow them. And what happens is as you get better at this, for sure, this is, these are skills you can develop, but as you get better at it, allowing it, and then knowing that is what will take care of it. Then knowing once you've allowed the feeling, then knowing you can with intention, create whatever feeling you do want to have and choose your thought that will bring you that emotion and move forward from it. Absolutely. And then I guess what I've found is first 10 years, I would say I was more in emotional childhood. And then I had a complete shift because I realized the way I was coping with military life just wasn't working. I wasn't happy. It just wasn't what I wanted my life to be. So I didn't want to go into a deployment or separation with that mindset or feeling the way that I did. So I instead took steps to change my life and my thinking. And I guess I essentially started to take responsibility for my life instead of placing blame on the military for the negatives or I took control and started to decide how I could make those aspects better. And I guess when it comes down to it, once you step out of emotional childhood and into emotional adulthood, you're able to feel those feelings, move forward from them, but then also come up with an action plan as to how you can feel the feelings that you want to feel. So for the example of fitness or making time for yourself, aside from the kids when you're solo parenting or whatever the case may be, 
once I stepped into taking responsibility for my feelings, I would look at a situation like that and then think, okay, well, my husband might be away and I might not be able to go for a run in the morning and leave the kids with him before he goes to work. But what can I do to get that time that I'm craving? And maybe it is hiring a babysitter to look after the kids. Maybe it is dropping the kids off right when the gates of school open so I can have that 20 minutes to myself after school drop off, whatever it may be. But there is a way to, I guess, work around it. If instead, because that, that's like a little spiral that we can get into. Instead, you can step back. And what I like to do is just say, okay, what's possible? What could I do? How could I work this out? Because we think like, there's no way I can't pay someone or I can't do this. But like, no, you could if you wanted to. So really step back and get creative. And instead of saying like, I don't know how to work this out. I don't know how to solve this problem. This is what I ask my clients. They mostly hate it, but it really works. Okay, so you said, if I ask a question, they say, I don't know. I feel like we've shut off so much of our internal wisdom just with that one answer. Yeah, we don't know. And then it shuts it all off. But instead, I like to ask them, okay, but if you did know, what do you think the answer would be? And that sounds really simple, but it's actually very effective. That is so true. Yeah. Yeah. You find yourself up against like a really hard situation where you're like, I don't, I can't solve this. I don't like really just say, okay, but if I did know, what would the answer maybe be? Yeah. It's similar to something that I started doing. I I have no idea why I started doing, I guess it was the shift in my thought processes and Mm -hmm. taking responsibility, but I started to say to myself, I think I might've picked it up from a podcast or something like that. Maybe Tony Robbins, something, someone, (laughs) but it was, so for example, I can't exercise. And then my next thing would be, but why? Um, because I can't leave the house because I'm solo parenting. Okay. Why can't you do exercise at home? And then you start to hit roadblocks like, well, I could. It's like, well, your statement of I can't exercise isn't true then. Not true. Exactly. There is a way around it if it's something that's really important to you. Or I really want to be able to clean the house, but my kids are here and they just mess it up. Okay. Why can't you clean the house? my kids are here and they mess it up. Okay. So why can't you get help with the kids? Maybe you could pay your friend's 15 year old to come over and play with them for two hours outside while you clean the house. If that's something that's important to you, then find a way sort of thing. And so I stopped blaming outside people, sources, and started to really delve back into why can't you do that? Why are you thinking that? And like you said, you come up to roadblocks like, oh, okay, well, it's not really the situation or it's not really the location or the solo parenting. It's my thinking and whether I'm willing to take that step or make the hard decision or not worry about what other people might think to essentially yeah, live the life that you really want when it comes down to it. It might be a one simple little task, but it then flows through to really every area in your life. And just knowing that it's your choice, because even if you, to go back to your example, like, oh, I can't leave the house to exercise and maybe you work it out that you could, but then maybe you don't want to. And that's okay too. But that awareness, knowing that that's your choice, not that you're stuck into it because of the military because of your husband whatever it is that is it's a big switch even though it sounds really insignificant I think yes for sure and like you mentioned it's then you taking the control back because a lot of the time with military life 
you feel like you don't have control of your life because you're going where you have to go for your husband's job. You don't have control when you move, when you leave friends. Everything in regard to that is out of your control. But like you mentioned, once you have control of your thoughts and the way you feel, and it really has a huge shift in your life. So I guess if we get back to it, basically the main things we should take away is that taking responsibility for our thoughts and feelings are good foundations for I guess having the life that you want or feeling the way you want and being essentially in control of your thoughts and feelings and feeling better about every aspect I guess and also getting intentional on like the kind of mom and the kind of wife kind of person you want to be and And how to make that happen I guess how to make that happen and that's by looking at your thoughts and really getting clear on what how those thoughts are making you feel taking responsibility for yourself all of it it all goes together in kind of what I think is a really neat package and it does just make life easier I don't do it to make things necessarily easier on my husband or on my children but I mean as we know going back to what you said earlier when we do fill our own cups we're just able to fill the cups around us just a lot more easier I guess simply as well like when you say it like that getting intentional about the mum and the wife a partner whatever it is you want to be for instance if you have the thought that I want to be the mum that makes everything from scratch but if you really get down to it and you thought about it properly and you thought to yourself but doing that stresses me out and I am always feeling like I never have enough time because I'm doing this because you think that's the type of mum you want to be or person you want to be really actually if you got intentional about it you would actually realize that being that person doesn't serve you because it stresses you out so really it's not the person that you want to be yeah and I think that's that's kind of the crux of it right is because we may have ideas of who we want to be and how we want to show up for the people around us but in your example if it's stressing us out if it's making life feel so much harder well then maybe that's not it maybe it's something else just a couple tweaks. So maybe you want to be there for your kids when they come home from school. And before they come home, you stop by the store and you buy them whatever snacks that you want to give them, right? So yeah, getting really clear on what you actually want. Yeah, that's like a light bulb moment. Like being intentional about who you actually want to be and how to make that happen and actually being real with yourself as to what serves you in regards to that. Oh, thank you so much. So Becca, I guess if those are listening have really related to anything we've spoken about and want to dive deeper into what you do or want to book a session with you, how do they go about doing that? How do they find you? Where I hang out most is on Instagram and on Facebook. So my Instagram is at Becca Brown, the coach, and my Facebook business page is Becca Brown Coaching. I post videos very regularly there, similar to this conversation we've had today, because I just feel so strongly about sharing as many nuggets as I can. And then if there's anyone who really wants like individualized help for their life, if they really just really feel like they're struggling or they're stuck, I do work one-on-one with clients. And the best way to kind of get that started is to either message me on either Instagram or Facebook, or just email me. And that's easy. It's hello at beccabrown.com. Like you mentioned, you talk about the various things that we've spoken about today more on your Instagram and Facebook, but it's such a relief to find someone that's actually a military spouse that is helping military spouses because it's really hard to come across other military spouses offering, I guess, things like life coaching, counseling, any, whatever field it is, because you still have that little disconnect between you, but having someone that is a military spouse and gets it is just such a relief to find. Oh yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad it honestly, 
the way I look at it, it's my highest honor to be able to serve this group of people. Obviously, we could talk on and on about the sacrifice that husbands or military members make, but there's no need to minimize the sacrifices that the spouses at home, the wives at home make as well. And I just love through my work that I get to help and come across. And I've met some amazing, amazing people. It's honestly, it's such a joy to do this work. I so hope you are able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 